Alrighty, it is June 15th, PFF forecast. We've got a couple of late, late breaking things that are going to be in addition here. We're going to do um, a little Zeke uh, and the coronavirus outbreak news that just broke. But then we're going to review our NFL redraft. We're going to do our best and worst picks, the pick we're most jealous of, the worst pick. And we're just going to go through and read some of the comments because there were some good ones. Um, and then I have a new segment to debut that has to do with Quibi. I think it could be good, uh, especially because you don't watch a lot of TV. So I think it'll be fun. Um, I, I want—I just saw this come across. Uh, at, well, I guess I should say, let's rock. Let's do that first. But uh, I just saw this come across the timeline, which is that FanDuel just signed uh, the Denver Broncos to be like a sports betting partner. And they're going nice. to give out like Broncos plus 30 week one as their promotion. Wow. That, that's apparently what, what's happening. Um, they're they're buying into Drew Locke, keeping I, things within 30. I, I was going to say, do you think this is uh, this is a reaction to the Drew Locke hype, or they were really just keying in on the on the Denver Broncos? Man, that all oh, that's smart for the Denver Broncos. I mean, things are only trending in that direction from a, a sports world perspective, right? With uh, you know sports betting and those types of things. So cool. Yeah, it was Darren Ravel uh, said first NFL team to officially sign a sports book deal. Um, FanDuel says they're giving new Colorado betters. So if you're a new better in the state of Colorado, you get Broncos plus 30 for week one and your uh, max bet is $50. So that, that seems, that seems like an interest. That's like, that's like when people cite like the probability that Brady joins so-and-so when the limits like 50 bucks. Right. Well, it's also, and I, I, this is a conversation for another time, but like, you're giving people, you're almost giving people money. So you're saying, look, I want you to, I want you to come in for 50. I'm going to give you another 50. Also, you're going to get to feel as though you won and you're going to get hooked. Like, I don't know. I, I don't want to dig into that too deeply, but that's, that's how I read those things. That's what they are. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's more than fair. Um, I mean, there's really, there's no beating around the bush. It's not like, oh, these stupid sports books are giving away a free pick. It's like, no, they're not, they they're know giving, what they're doing. They're giving you a hundred dollars and yes. then, or, or you know, 90, you 50, $95. Yeah. No, I mean, well, the bet's like what a 90, 99% chance of hitting. True. True. So they're giving you like 95 bucks to bet with Yep. and a reason to sweat that first game. And then chances are, you're probably going to buy into the book. Uh, you're probably going to you know, reload before week one because, you know, Denver doesn't play until later, you know, so it's just kind of like a, um, a you know, kind of a, a nice little ploy there. Um, what do you think about the other recent news? I didn't even realize this. This is this is two hours old, but the, the news that uh, Houston Texans players and Dallas yeah. Cowboys players have tested positive for COVID-19, one of whom appears to be Ezekiel Elliott. So I, I heard this and I knew immediately people were going to get their, get their, their feathers ruffled. And we have talked about this 
I'm not like trying to toot my own horn here, but like this is literally what we talked about from the second coronavirus and the NFL season started to be a topic of conversation. This was going to happen. Like Von Miller already tested positive. Yeah. Uh, Brian Allen tested positive a long time ago. Like this is not, it should not surprise anyone. This should not surprise absolutely anyone. And the fact that Zeke is one of these players also shouldn't be a surprise to anybody. Um, I do think it's not the greatest look. Like I do remember the Zeke going to, I think it was Dak's birthday party and there clearly wasn't like social distancing going on. And I just know because I have friends who are younger and I've seen, you know, younger siblings, like not taking this as seriously, like that's just going to happen. But this to me is not big news. It shouldn't scare anybody. And if they were, if there were, if we were in jeopardy of the season not being played because eight players were going to get it, then we would have canceled it a long time ago because that's just destined to happen. That's my take. Yeah. I mean, the the real issue here is that, and you know, we've talked about this privately. We talked about it a little bit publicly. I mean, it does appear to be the, the, it does appear to look like we are just going to deal with the significant either. and, And it's come out this week that that picture, that person's lung. I mean, that person survived covid so they're not a death right but their life is significantly hampered you know Mm -hmm. and like we're seeing record cases in florida we're seeing increases in houston and you know and and again like we decided to do this as a country right we decided to just forego you know we we got bored with social distancing we we heard you know obviously we wanted to reopen the economy and this is going to be like the people that was my biggest issue with reopening the economy is there's just a number of people that we know and, and we don't know who just don't think this is real. Right. Mm-hmm. And our stance has always been, it's real. It's, it's risky. Now I think the death rate is lower because obviously like people who are more at risk are taking it seriously, but the case counts are still growing in places other than New York. And like, this is just going to be something like either, we as a collective are going to have to deal with it. Like just basically say, well, there's a risk of having people get sick and we have to deal with those risks or we have to shut everything down again. So, you know, this is, as you said, if this, if we were going to be able to deal with this, a couple people getting sick uh, and recovering, like we're just, I mean, we might, we might pack it up, just pack it up until a vaccine's available. Okay. So this was the one thing that I thought might be actionable from this news. And I don't, I'm going to look it up right now. But do you think – so Zeke is a player that is high profile, well above his impact on the actual game. And I think it's interesting. I saw someone today wrote, like, you better – anyone drafting in a fantasy league better take Tony Pollard or something like that. Forget who it was. But it was this morning before, like, the news came out, I believe. And, um, and I wonder if people will go – oh my gosh, Zeke might be in jeopardy. Now, it turns out he's like asymptomatic, so I don't think this will be the case. But looking at this and maybe other situations, do you think, just real quick, like yes or no, any type of advantage to be had from betting teams where they where people overreact to news like this? Probably. I mean, the, the, the more Galaxy brand, I think Kevin said this in one of our chats, was like, um, I mean, Zeke's going to be – if if getting coronavirus yields immunity, I mean, like he's actually a value, right? Because like he can't he can't. I mean, there there's a really good chance he can't get it again, right? So he'd he'd be less likely to be a handcuff than you know, let's say, 
you know, Alvin Kamara or somebody like that. I, I you know, I don't, I, I don't think that the science is definitive on immunity, but you know, that's, I do think that there's a value in fading. So like, let's say here's where I see a value in fantasy football, for example, um, quarterbacks one through 12, right. Mm-hmm. There's a lot less value in my opinion in quarterbacks one through five, one through four. Mm-hmm because the ceiling associated with some of those guys is the fact that they just don't get hurt. And there's a significant chance that they might not get hurt, but they might get COVID and have to sit out a game or two, in which Mm -hmm. case having the 10th best quarterback on the fantasy football uh, list, as opposed to one is a better, the marginal value is better. You know what I'm saying? Same thing with running back, same thing. I mean, all these positions where you're buying certainty, there's just less certainty. So you're probably better off in fantasy drafts, for example, picking later on um, and, uh, you know, then picking early. And in, in sports betting, you're probably better off betting underdogs, especially early in the week, which because we don't know by the time Friday comes up, who's going to be eligible for every game. Yeah, that's a really good point. The, the handcuff thing I didn't even think about. Maybe it's the wrong time to take Tony Pollard. All right, uh, let's let's go over the redraft. So if you tuned in on Thursday, um, you got to see Josh Hermsmeyer uh, and Evan Silva join myself, you, Timo, and Kevin Cole um, to redraft the NFL. It was a lot of fun. It took us like two hours to get through two rounds, but it was well worth it. It was one of the most fun times I have had this offseason. I forgot how much I just loved drafting. Like I would say it's legitimately something I would do just – not for a podcast, like just for fun. Um, and right now you can actually go check it out. So if you haven't listened or watched, it's on YouTube. There's a link to the sheet where we're drafting. So you can see where we're at. We're still, we're still drafting. We're like midway through round four. I'm actually up right now. There and my team that I'm drafting for is the bears. I have you got a lot of crap from Bears fans. Yes, I I think I've done a tremendous job with the Bears draft. They had pick 19. I took Jameis Winston, which I think is an absolute steal as the 19th most valuable quarterback for the next five years. Amari Cooper on the way back, which I also thought was a really nice pick. Um, I took Jeff Okuda in round three at pick 83. And now I'm here at pick 110. But let me tell you who I'm thinking between. I am considering going receiver with either DJ Chark or Nicole Hardman. I'm considering going offensive lineman with either Andrew Thomas or Tristan Wirfs. And I'm considering going defensive back with either Juan Thornhill um, or uh, who is the other one I was considering or uh, CJ, CJ Henderson. What are your thoughts? I think for this team, you might need a lineman. That's, I was kind of thinking the same thing. Because I don't think Jameis is like of the same ilk as some of these quarterbacks that protect themselves. Mm-hmm. No, I, that, was, that was very much my thought with an offensive lineman uh, and a tackle. And my, I think there's a lot of value in drafting from a strong rookie class as opposed to taking, say, Mike McGlinchey, who's younger-ish, but like, you know, was it the 10th pick has been decent, but not great. Like, give me Andrew Thomas, give me Tristan Wirfs, who's 21 and is a better, was a better prospect than those guys before him. Um, do you have a, 
Do you have thoughts there? Uh, I don't know about rookie linemen, man. Really? Yeah, because we, we've seen with Timo, like the age curve is – so you're you're basically saying let's wait a couple of years to be competitive, right, with that? I mean, my thought is I'm Same just Same with looking the Cuda. For, I mean, the – Yeah, I'm just looking for – I'm looking for at least an average lineman. I mean, I don't need him to be great. I just need him to be average. Yeah. That that's kind of. I mean, that's Thomas also my, is better. Thomas is more likely to be average than other tackles. I will say right. that. Um, it just depends upon. You know, that's a, I. What's your okay? Age curves for linemen are not as steep either. So that's a that's, that's a thing to think about as well. What um, what are your thoughts on Nicole Hardman? Did did uh, did he he was already selected right? Really. By what Kevin. are your thoughts did, on? Oh my God, Kevin took him in the third round. <laughs> I mean, that's a great. Well, I don't know if Nicole Hardman in the third round is a great pick, but I like Nicole Hardman as a player. Yeah, that's interesting. I didn't know he went that high. All right, well, you sh- you should go check out the sheet. I'll make my pick here shortly. Um, the rest of the draft. You're gonna, what, you're gonna reveal it? No, right here? I'm not gonna reveal it right here because I, I want to make sure I don't make a stupid decision. Plus, Josh took like 24 hours to make a pick at he Frisco, did. Josh. And we're probably going to talk about him here in a second. So we're going to run through uh, this. If you want to, you know, if you're listening right now and you haven't like just checked out the order, you might want to go check that out real quick, but we'll do a decent job of talking about it. Let's start with this. Your biggest takeaway from this exercise. Uh, My biggest takeaway is that, hmm. My biggest takeaway is that even though we're, we're analytics people that are very, um, I think that we're less projecty and less, well, not less projecty, but less um, upside mm-hmm. driven, we still factor an upside a decent amount. I mean, so like Kyler Murray going fifth, that's an upside pick. Joe Burrow going eighth, that's an upside pick. Even Jameis Winston going 19th is an upside pick. Tua at 16th is an upside pick. Josh Allen being drafted at all is an upside pick. <laughs> and Haskins and Darnold being picked before the first non-quarterback shows that I think people are still willing to sort of take a gamble on a quarterback. And then the non-quarterbacks that we took, like my pick of Chris Godwin is very much a projection pick. Uh, he was the best receiver in the NFL last year, but like that's his first year of being that way. Jalen Ramsey, who Kevin Cole took, is another one where he's had some good moments. He's had some bad moments. Derwin James is the same way. You know, Derwin more of an injury thing. But, like, they're not the most proven players in the world, but they are the players that, you know, if if you could, you know, do, you know, their upsides, I think, are the highest. So that was one thing that I took away that I, I, I thought was in, interesting. I, I find it always fascinating when you get, just a few different people together, the permute, how weird and wacky something can get, even when everyone's background is similar. So, you know, I would say all of us attack football from a super mathematical background. And the way that the people prepared for this, I thought was really interesting. And I thought it came out in, in the drafting. Like there was just little differences that people had. Kyler Murray, a great example that you brought up. And, um, 
and, and that always makes this fun. But the big thing that then I took away from this was everyone seemed for the most part to be aligned on the importance of age and how much that is when thinking about building for the future. And it reminded me of the importance of the actual NFL draft. Like you, this is your chance to build a foundation that will last. And it necessitates a player being able to play for a long time and specifically at the quarterback position. And everyone seemed to value that really with the exception of, I think it was like Timo who took all of the old quarterbacks. Um, I did. I took Drew Brees, which. Well, that's because that's because you've been sold Advocare protein uh, packs. Well, felt indebted. I mean, there. Yeah. And that was another that was another takeaway is if you watched or listened, I I thought I had a couple. Look, I always have some jokes that are not funny. I even in the moment think they're not funny. But I had a couple that I thought were good and got nothing out of. Just crickets. It's anchoring. Yeah. Like we just assume they're not funny and I then think, they aren't. And then I think well, people they are were maybe, so, but we just like are hard to budge off our prior. I, I thought people were so serious. They took the thing so seriously. That Evan took it very seriously. Evan had like Evan prepped a lot. And and it shows he did great. He and did a really Josh, good job. And Josh barely prepped and then and then had us all in the moment <laughs> stun gunned about Jabril Peppers to the point where none of us really dragged him in the time. Let's do so let's do worst pick next. Is so he Jab- like he did, is Jabril he, Peppers your worst the worst pick of the draft in your mind? I mean I like Josh a lot, but yeah, it's such a I mean I the funniest thing I think the worst pick in the draft was us not like being like, are you sure at the time? <laughs> So Jabril Peppers, he but took actually, Jabril Peppers actually, no, 57. Jabril Peppers is not the worst pick in the draft. Quinton Dunbar at 72 picked on the same team when he might be in jail come season time is probably the worst pick. Is it not? You know, I, I thought, I thought both of those were definitely up there. Dunbar happening, you know, 15 picks later makes it a little easier to, to overlook the Jabril Peppers one. And at least, and Dunbar is at least like a good play, like a good player. So, so the Jabril- Peppers, Peppers doesn't suck. No, he doesn't suck. He's not a like, top sixty player okay, in the league, though. I thought Jabril Peppers being picked at fifty seventh, and I love Josh as much as anybody. I will stand for that guy. Um, is like Cleveland Farrell. Like even if you love Cleveland Farrell, don't take him at four. No one else has taken him. Wait. Right. Wait five rounds and then take them. Like if you were just doing the NFC East, Jabril Peppers isn't going in the first two rounds, much less that maybe even the first four. So that's why I thought it was worse, in my opinion. At least Dunbar, like if you're taking all the things off the field out of it, which I don't think Josh is because he made fun of me for taking Tyreek Hill, maybe like under his breath. But like um, I think that's what makes the Peppers pick worse in my opinion, I had a couple other ones though that I thought were pretty questionable, and I, I want to get your okay. uh, take on them. So, um, I, I thought that Mark Andrews just a few picks earlier, at pick fifty-five <laughs> by Evan Silva, who I thought overall did a tremendous job, but Mark Andrews at fifty-five to me was like, I think that shit. team has no shot. Carson Wentz, Mark Andrews, and then Grady Jarrett are all like good pieces. But yeah. not a good team. It's a little rough. Um, I I don't think any of my picks were were terrible, um, but I I still feel a little uneasy 
about Sam Darnold at 25. Yeah. Um, it just, yeah. It, it just doesn't feel great to me. Um, I thought he was like, it was him or Dwayne Haskins. And I, I don't like your team Darnold. that doesn't have a quarterback. Okay. So my team that doesn't have a quarterback went DeAndre Hopkins, Tyreek Hill, Quentin Nelson, Isaiah Simmons. What's not to love? I have athleticism and playmakers. Well, for one, Simmons is like an un like Simmons is like the hardest player in the draft to project because yep. of position. So that one is a spec like so I have Robert Sala though. You do okay. Okay. I guess. I mean, okay. Uh, so it was either gonna be Isaiah Simmons or like Gardner Minshew or Drew Locke. True. Or Teddy. And I figured I, mean, I could if it, I figured hypothetically I could get them on the on the in the fifth Quint round. Nelson in the third round is a lot for a guard, by the oh, way. Oh no. I, maybe you didn't see. I see OT next to him, but like is offensive that, tackle. So your Quint your Nelson. team has two really good wide receivers, probably the best pair of wide receivers in the league. Yep. And then two guys that are playing positions that we're not quite sure that they can play at the NFL level. That's a tricky team. I think I think Quentin Nelson was the best tackle available. Okay. At that time. I, th- I still think it's a projection in the third round. I agree. Okay. I also think that Colin Kaepernick picked ahead of Drew Locke <laughs> and Gardner Minshew and Teddy Bridgewater is a complete. I also think that team is going to be butt. Yeah. Jalen Ramsey, which is like a big projection. Not a big projection, but a projection. What's your George worst Kittle's team? fine. Not the best tight end in the league. But he's we fine. just talked about my worst team, which is the Niners at 31 with Hopkins, Hill, Nelson, and Simmons. I'll wholeheartedly agree with that. I don't think it's great. Um, what's the team that you drafted that you are least proud of? Well, okay. I will wholeheartedly sit behind my Chris Godwin, Travis Kelsey, Derek Carr, Anthony Harris team. Okay. I kind of like that one. Um, I like Tannehill, Julio, Bayer, Debo. That's a good team. Um, this one's not complete. So the, 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 uh, the, it, it, you know, we, we still need to know the returns, but I, I don't like the Jaguars, my Aaron Rodgers, Tyron Matthew, David Bakhtiari team, because mm-hmm. I don't have a wide receiver yet. We'll see what I get at 120 uh, in three days. Um, but that All will... Right. I agree. I, I think that one is. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go with the Godwin team though. Um, Godwin and Kelsey and Carr and Harris, just because like I don't know that any of those guys I'm that excited about. It, I here's the thing I don't I don't get. What is bat? What I can see liking a receiver more than Chris Godwin. I can see mm-hmm. that. I can I can totally see that. However. What there? Where is Chris Godwin's weakness as a player? Well, I would say the problem is not that he has a, doesn't have a weakness. It's that I don't know if you know he really has that much of a strength anywhere. But he's he was second in the league in receiving yards last I year. I get it. I get it. He was the, fourth in yards per target while also catching seventy one percent of his passes thrown his way. He he's ascending. He's only twenty three years old. He plays inside, he plays outside. He also played with a quarterback who was going to give him more opportunities to make those plays and have those yardage totals than anyone else in the league and had the benefit of being the second option in the defense's mind 
on the Bucks. Like Mike Evans is a guy that you but he earned more defense. targets than Evans in like the same number of games ish. Right, and that's kind of my point. That is that he's a very good receiver, but the other team was going to do everything they could to take away Mike Evans versus Chris Godwin. And I, I also I believe he would have been there for you at pick thirty eight. Pretty easy. So should I have taken Kelsey at 27, given he's the best tight end in football? Like, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Uh, I, don't I mean, so. I, 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 if you take blocking out of the equation, I do think Kelsey's as good as Kittle, but you can't take blocking out of the he's equation. Also, he's also older. He's um, also older. Okay. Uh, what was your favorite pick? Well, here's – okay. And, again, not to try to bag on Josh <laughs> – but Russell Wilson at pick three is the steal of the draft. Yeah, that was really interesting. He took Lamar Jackson at number two. Which I get. I get Lamar. I understand that he gives you a a dimension that's different, right? Like, none of us are going to pick runners in this thing, except for maybe Evan. But, like, Lamar gives you a runner. But is it worth the second pick? Like, that's, like, to me, I think just a tough one. It's just there's way more unknown with Lamar Jackson, in my opinion. I, I agree with you. I thought that was a really smart and shrewd move. Um, well, it, I, it wasn't even my – it wasn't smart. It just fell into my lap. Well, right, but you still had to make the pick. Right. Um, for, for me, my favorite pick that I made, um, aside from Mahomes at one, which I, I was pretty excited about um, – I don't know. I think Jameis at 19, it gets a lot of guff. But, like, if you look at the players taken after him, Cam Newton, Ryan Tannehill, Josh Allen, Daniel Jones, Philip Rivers, Sam Darnold, like, Jameis to me has by far the highest floor and ceiling of those players. And I, I think that would surprise people quite yeah. a bit. All right. but, let me uh, find, let me find a good find Josh Hermesmeyer pick. I actually like Burrow at eight. I don't hate it at all. Yes. I thought that I really thought Burrow at eight ahead of Rogers, ahead of Wentz, ahead of Mayfield um, was, I would have taken Burrow, I think ahead of Murray. I would have too. I think he gets a good value there. Yep. Um, I also like his team that has a lot of potential is the Haskins, Galladay, Mac Parker team. I don't know. I'm writing an article about strength of schedule today. Parker's got one of the toughest in the league this year, but Kenny Galladay is, I think, every bit as deserving to be picked at 39 as, as he is. He's really good. No, he's really good. Um, um, what did you think of uh, – so I thought Garoppolo at 13 was interesting. I thought I'd catch more flack for it. Cousins, Breeze, Tua, Goff, Brady, and Winston were all on the board. I, I thought people would make – more fun of me. Uh, Garoppolo's got a really easy schedule this year of, of opposing passing Look, defense. It was either him, Cousins, or Tua. I wasn't going to take one of the old guys. I or think Goff. Cousins... Is Goff's in the same category as Garoppolo? No, he's not. Not not a, not appearance-wise, no, not, not gumption-wise, and all that stuff. But he's, he's literally the second-to-last NFC quarterback to take his team to the Super Bowl. Take and his he... team to the Super Bowl? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think there's Goff. a clear difference between Garoppolo and Goff. Well, see, this this is a this is where we're going. I I'm all on board with Jimmy G as a dude and being the quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers. I'm happy for them. I think they got a good one. All this kind of stuff. But if you're going to give Garoppolo 
you know, the benefit of the doubt. You have to kind of give, because I don't think McVay is nearly as good as Shanahan. Agree. I think the support for the Rams in 18 was better than the support for Garoppolo in 19, but I think it's close. And Goff produced, especially in the first 12 games of 2018, better than Jimmy G did. Okay. My counterpoint would be that Jimmy G was playing in his first his like seven, you know, sixth and seventh sure. games all time, coming off of an ACL with receivers at that point that were absolute nobodies. I mean, absolute nobodies. And the defense was just drilling people. What we saw in that down the stretch in that New Orleans game in particular, um, Jimmy G has stones that Jared Goff, and I actually really like Jared Goff, that Jared Goff just doesn't have, that Kirk Cousins does not have. And Tua's a too big of a question mark. So, um, look, I surrounded him with some some playmakers. Terry McLaurin, I thought actually 52 was a super nice pick. I think they'll be a dynamic duo. Um, I look forward to seeing Jimmy G play well in games that he needs to play well in with a supporting cast that's a little more firmed up. I'm did still you concerned. Know, did about you know that Jared Goff led the NFL in passing attempts last year? Doesn't surprise me. They were not I mean, a great team. It, it's not a. It, it's an interesting one. They they sort of. I would be, I would be super worried. He averaged a yard less per pass attempt in at 19 than he did in 18. That's so interesting. His fall from grace has been precipitous. They, they have no quick passing game. And I, I, I don't, I've heard different reasons why that might be um, that McVay doesn't think that's Goff's strength and he doesn't want to leverage, you know, doesn't want to take him away from using his strengths, but like, I don't know. Pat Mahomes' strength is throwing the ball on a line from the opposite hash downfield, like, you know, 60 yards. It doesn't mean you do that every single play. Here's my – I want to, as we close this out, I want to give you uh, a couple of my favorite teams from specific people. I thought Timo's best team was the Raiders. Stafford, Marlon Humphrey, and Cortland Sutton. All three of those players – there is a very good chance that they are among the top two or three at their position hmm. in a given season. That was one of okay. I, I, I did, like Stafford I did could that be team. Stafford so, could be an MVP candidate if he if he would have played last season or a whole season like he played for parts of last season. Mm-hmm. I think the conversation's a lot different. Marlon Humphrey's a, a, in the conversation to be the best corner in the NFL, and Cortland Sutton's catching passes from Brandon Allen, and he's dominating. So. That was a great draft, in my opinion. I think Kevin, when I look at Kevin's drafts, I mean, I, I don't think you can go wrong. The one that where he drafted Murray, maybe he reached on Murray, but he got Jamal Adams at 60. Yeah. And then Ryan Ramchek, one of the best tackles in football in the third round. That one's still be, to be completed, but I think that was a great draft. Um, Silva's interesting because he basically threw away a team by trying to make them the Bills. <laughs> But, but I like, I, 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 really I like the like, Metcalf Watson both yes, the team for him. That was, I had on here picks we were most jealous of. And I thought Silva's uh, Watson Metcalf Bosa team was maybe the one I was most jealous of. Um, I really liked it. I also thought Burrow, as soon as Burrow went at eight, I wish I'd taken him at seven. Right. Um, of course, then Peppers gets taken. So like that team, you know. I mean, the funny thing is if Burrow's a top three quarterback, he's Russell Wilson, like it doesn't matter. But yeah. um, 
I, I really liked that He's one. He's trying to shoot the moon in football, maybe. I really liked New- Cam Newton at 20. Like That was another big takeaway of mine, was just that like Cam Newton should be given an opportunity to start in this league, and it's ridiculous that he has not. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I kind of liked Kevin's Ramsey-Kittle team until he went with um, – quarterback in in Kaepernick at 93 um and then Hunter at 100 I thought those were a little bit of reaches but I don't know uh it was a super fun exercise I really enjoyed it um and I actually think my favorite team that you have the one I'm most jealous of is Russell Wilson Robert Woods and Byron Jones Robert Woods is a great pick I feel like at the time I was very proud of it I think so okay we're gonna try this um this segment out i have no idea how it's gonna go okay. so you can uh you can tune out now if you don't want to hear me make a fool of myself for the second straight segment i am going to read you a show name and you're going to tell me whether i made it up okay. or if this is an actual show on quibi <laughs> which is basically the fire fest i said i think i tweeted this out like a month ago it's the fire fest of quibi is losing an impressive amount of money holy shit <laughs> all right here we go the first one that i have for you is uh it's called barkitecture and it's building dog houses that's a quibby video that's <laughs> it's a, a fucking quibby video. this is an actual show <laughs> <laughs> i can't understand how they're failing right now <sighs> oh, dear god help us all um all right. The There's next like the, one. They missed that part of the Tim Ferriss podcast where the guy says you got to find people's weird kinks. They just went to the, they went and found two weird of kinks. All right. The next one is called uh, Blue Bald, and it's the it's a like short documentary on Viagra. Oh, that's fake. Yeah, but there is a show called Black Bald. <laughs> gotcha. Damn. I, I, I figured Blue Ball was just like getting like shot down in a bar. Like repeatedly, like six minute segments of that. Yeah. That would sell. That would hey, that would that would do With really the well. What do you have left over? Give me a finder suite, please. We've already made a better show than they have. Um, this is uh, this is called, this is a show called Agua Donkeys. That's fake. No, it's a real <laughs> show. <laughs> what is Agua Donkeys? What are they doing? Are they like donkeys swimming in water? Like. What's standing between MP, Jer, and the one true love of their life, Jackie? Nothing, except for six sunset kneeboarding sessions, synchronized rooftop gainers, and their boss, Rod. All episodes streaming now. It's over. Just, <laughs> Help us just, all. Just pack it in. Society's done. All right. Good thing it uh, didn't work out. Uh, I've, got, I've got a couple more. Um, this show is called... Uh, cup of joe and it's literally celebrities just drinking coffee that's fake no it's true joe jonas hosts it he tours the world as a pop star and now he's ready to explore how is that different than comedians and cars getting coffee well, other than there's, shorter there's actually no coffee involved i made that up completely it's just joe jonas traveling the world oh funny it didn't work yeah <laughs> it's it's joe jonas <laughs> living his life on tour it didn't work um, and I've got one more for you. Uh, let me see, which one do I want to pick here? Um, cause I don't know if, you know, I should give you one that I've made up or one 
that is real. Okay. I kind of want to hear the real ones. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, real or fake? A show called Kirby Jenner about a fake member of the Car- Keeping Up with the Kardashians show. That's actually a good idea as a troll job. So Quibi, it certainly isn't a Quibi show then. No, it is. And this may be their best show. I haven't watched it yet, but it sounds great to me. Okay. Um, I'll reach you a couple. That wasn't the worst. That wasn't the worst segment we've ever had. It wasn't the best. Wasn't no, it wasn't the best. We got some laughs in. Definitely wasn't the worst. Um, <laughs> Tyler just uh, said, he said he liked it. He threw us a variety article that Quibi is on pace to hit less than 30% of their one year paid subscriber goal. Yeah. Not great. You know what this has taught me? The Quibi thing taught me does not matter how much money you pour into something. Like if the content is not good, if you go into it with money and no content ideas, you could be in real trouble. Yeah. Enough about Jay Cutler though. (laughs) There's a, there's a reason that you write the, the movie before you pay for it to be made. Um, all right. That was our show. I hope you liked our new segment. Maybe we'll run it back next time. And uh, by the way, uh, shout out to my sister who's still, she's supposed to get out today. She's not. She's hanging tough though. Thinking about you. We'll see you guys on Thursday. Peace out.